Welcome to Thriving with Mental Illness, a podcast with real talk, an open and honest conversation about issues surrounding mental health. There are no topics that are off limits and no questions that aren't okay to ask. I'm Mikkel Buck, author, public speaker, and suicide survivor who's lived with mental illness for over 20 years. And with me is my guy, Adam. Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. We are so excited today. We've got Jen Hildebrand, the president of Hope Mental Health Foundation, who's joining us. So Jen, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad to have you on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So we got connected to Jen through a mutual friend and told us about her organization, her nonprofit. And as we got to learn more about it, we absolutely love the mission, the goals, the objectives. So we know, but why don't you take a few minutes and explain to the audience really what it's all about? Okay. So Hope Mental Health Foundation, it is a a foundation, 501c3, so you get a tax deduction if you donate uh, money to our cause. But what we do is give the gift of therapy. So anyone who comes to us to get a sponsorship can go on our website and apply. You choose your own therapist, and then Hope will come in and award in three-month increments a sponsorship to pay that therapist fees. I think anyone who's had any mental health struggles knows that therapy is really expensive. And there's a lot of times that insurance doesn't cover it. There's really high deductibles, or you get a lot of really highly qualified therapists who specialize that don't take insurance. And so Hope's whole goal is just to make sure that therapy is accessible to all, that rather you can afford that fee or not, that you can come to us and apply, and then we will come in and just cover that financial cost so that everyone, we hope everyone will be able to get the therapy services that they need. Something that I love so much that most foundations or most assistance programs do not allow is you get to pick your own therapist. Cause like you said, there are some that specialize that are so qualified, that are so good, that are pretty much just cash pay. And so I love that you facilitate being able to go to some of the very best therapists. The one thing I've learned is I've been serving on this board and we sit with these, we have a lot of therapists that will come in and consult and just help us maybe make a change to the program here. We're just really trying to make it accessible and easy for everyone. And their guidance is crucial. But one thing I have learned is these therapists really can only specialize in about three to four different things. And so someone who's had religious trauma or sexual abuse or maybe bipolar, whatever their mental health struggle is, there's going to be someone eating disorders. It's actually been interesting eating disorders, there's not that many therapists that specialize in that. But you don't want to go see someone who's a betrayal and trauma specialist for an eating disorder. You want to make sure that whoever you are going to receive these services from is actually specialized and can treat you in that area. And that's why I do love hope so much, because we are giving people the ability to not only go to who their insurance will let them, or if they're on state aid, the list that the state will provide them, they're able to go get therapy from someone who really knows what they're struggling with, understands it, and can give them those tools to be able to move forward. Yeah, that is phenomenal. Well, it's such a personal choice too. I I mean, a therapist, it's not like a one size fits all. 
with everybody. I mean, sometimes you either get along with them and you like their vibe or you really don't. Mikel's had <laughs> I'm like, bye-bye. I will not be coming back. Yeah. And that's one thing I hope that because Hope's other mission is just to try to get awareness out there, education. That's one of the things that I think is interesting is people, it's funny. I'm like, you're paying this therapist, but if it's not working for you, switch. I went through four therapists before I finally found the magic one that worked for me. And I realized because of my background, I didn't do well with men. I went to three men therapists before I finally switched and realized that I could not progress with them because I had trauma from men in my childhood. And so sitting and trying to discuss these things with them, I wasn't getting anywhere. And when I finally cut it and I moved on to another one and she was exactly who I needed, that's when my growth and change came. And so it is okay. It's you, even on a hope sponsorship, you can start with a therapist. If it's not working, that's when you just contact us, say, Hey, this wasn't, I need to switch to this therapist. And then we'll adjust a, adjust the sponsorship to so it switches over to the new um, therapist of choice. But there really it is a personal part of your journey and recovery mm. to make sure that you are with the right person who can actually help you progress and move forward. You have to trust them and connect with them. Wow. So how did you personally get involved with this organization? What's the what's the background? So it's actually kind of interesting what my background with this is. I, I went to therapy for, I went for about two years and we can get into that in a minute. And I'll tell you why I was there. But in that process, I had a couple friends that were actually therapists at the same center that I had been going. And so they had started a nonprofit um, back actually in 2013, Dr. Floyd Godfrey started this. He was a therapist ran this center and knew that they were losing clients, that people were asking for financial assistance and there was, there was nothing out there. There was no way to help them. So he created this foundation with an F with the hopes that he would be able to help some of these people um, receive financial assistance and also not burn out his therapist who had been giving pro bono, just trying right. to keep people moving forward. And so they created it and then realized that their therapists, they didn't have time to run a foundation. And so right before COVID, they brought in a public board and that's where I came in. So a couple of the people that were in that office knew that I had done some charity work in the past. And I got a phone call and said, hey, would you be willing to sit on our board? And I wasn't actively in therapy at that time. I call myself now just in maintenance mode. I go when I need to, but I wasn't actively there. So I went and joined the board. COVID came a few months later, everything shut back down. We watched the mental health crisis that we were in become greater by the minute as you isolate people and all of the things that we struggled with all of a sudden, like fear is something that I struggle with and fear in a world where everything is completely uncertain. I mean, we, no one had any idea where all of that was headed. It just took all of those things we were struggling with and it made everything worse. And so once COVID kind of shut back down or not shut back down, but once COVID started to ease and regulations were being lifted, there was no one on the board left except for me and one other person. And so they asked me to take the seat of president and that's where I am now. It's been a couple of years of raising money and we've given away, I think we're over 1100 hours of therapy. We've awarded a, a little over a year. That's wow. amazing. Wow. That is amazing. It's, it's honestly, 
the whole journey that Hope has been on, we just say it is this fast moving train with doors just opening as fast as we can walk through them and try to take this opportunity and this opportunity. Mental health is at the forefront. People are aware everyone, everyone is affected in one way or another, whether it's a personal struggle, it's a family struggle, it's a kid that won't go to school anymore. It's some with, with anxiety, it's kids with depression. As we get these sponsorships and I read these stories, there are people that still have not left their house that are still not back out. No wonder we don't have enough people to fill the jobs. They're still not out of their homes and they're asking for that assistance to get back out. And it has been one of the, I don't have one ounce of free time left in my life, but being able to award these sponsorship hours and truly try to help people get back out has been one of the most rewarding things I've ever been a part of. Wow. You talk about the importance of mental health. And I think this is a, a generational thing. I mean, even, and we're not that old, but even when we were growing up, getting a therapist was not a thing. I mean, yep. it wasn't, it wasn't a like- lot. There was a, a lot of stigma surrounding it and just not a lot of availability, and especially with good ones and ones who specialize right. like we have now. We're trying to get more physically fit. And so we're getting a trainer and somebody to help us work through nutrition and things like that. And we just don't, we, we tend to do that less with our mental health, but it's just amazing how the mental health impacts our physical health and everything, our relationships in our life. And I mean, so many things, it's so critical. Right. If you broke your arm, had a compound fracture, you're not going to walk around with a bone sticking out of your arm without getting help, without someone saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to take you right now and drive you down. Rather you have insurance or don't have insurance, they're going to fix your arm. Right. In the mental health world, it it's not it's not something that's so visible like that. You can't just look at someone and say, oh my gosh, they have a compound fracture. Like right. within our minds, the ones who are struggling to where it's debilitating, they're in their homes. They're not, you know, it's not something that's super visible to the public. We have our days that I'm having a bad day. No one can really see it. Yeah. It's just this own personal struggle. And so I think it's something that still we put it off or we have a couple single moms that are not a couple. We have a lot of single moms that are on therapy um, sponsorships, but in the comments, a lot of times they'll say, you know, I have bills and groceries and I can't afford to be able to put my own mental health as a priority. Yes. Well, in, in general, I think mothers sacrifice a lot for their kids and they would rather forego something for themselves. It could feel selfish to say, I need therapy. I need a, a psychologist. That's one of those things that you wonder, is it really necessary? Can it be cut out? It's not selfish. It's necessary. No. And yeah, I'm like, I want to scream from the rooftops. No, it's not something you can cut out. Backtracking a little bit on my story. My parents got divorced when I was really young, like second grade. I love my mom. She always had struggled with mental health. Um, never has been diagnosed, still really struggles. And so as a very young kid, my farthest memories back, I mean, even I had some hypnotherapy. Like I remember being two in those, in those different sessions that I was in years ago, but little trying to take care of my mom mm. and trying to make sure that she was okay. And so when my parents got divorced and separated, 
my mom was working multiple jobs, but while my mom was at work, her boyfriend who didn't have a job was terrorizing her girls that were still at home. And so that is where my mental health struggles have come from. I have anxiety. I have fear issues. I always assume everything is going to go wrong or bad because I grew up in that trauma. There was abuse in my home. And so for me, stranger danger is real. I was attacked. I got away. Like it just, it was just one thing after another. And then I got older, made some choices that led me to a different area. I moved in with my grandparents, got married, kind of tried to get my act together and had kids. And all of a sudden, all of these behaviors that I lived in fight or flight. So I was super aggressive. There was nothing passive aggressive about me at all. Everything was aggressive, aggressive. I was super (laughs) confrontational. I fought with my husband. I fought with my friends. Like it's what I knew. And it's honestly where I was, where I was comfortable. And so being a mom, I remember screaming at my kids. Like I used to say my blood would boil because I just could not, I wanted everything to be so perfect because I didn't want to go back to where I had come from that as I was clenching so tight to try to make everything perfect and fit into this, I've got this under control. I was spiraling. Mm -hmm. And I finally, I remember being curled up in a ball and my husband saying, Jen, you have got to figure out who you are, what you care about, what you like. He's like, figure it out. And that day sent me to therapy and who knows what little switch flipped that it's like, I've got to get help. But I started that process of getting help. And my, my older kids tease that my younger kids don't know that mom, because if I lose my temper now, it's still in there, but I choose to lose it. I have all these, I have this whole tool belt that I can pull out. I know when something's going to trigger me. I, I really have to limit how much I can talk to my mom or people from that situation because it does. It triggers me. That anger comes back, that frustration. And I don't, I'm not comfortable there anymore where I was before. And so in this whole world where we think, is it selfish to get therapy? I'm a better mom. I am still married 100%. I wouldn't be married. There's no way I was too destructive. I was a, I mean, I was a nightmare because I have this huge personality and all of this energy and I wasn't doing anything good with it. I was, I was like a tornado of destruction. And so now the amount of things that I'm accomplishing, being a part of hope, my family, I mean, we all do stuff wrong in the parenting world, but in the whole big picture of it, I've done a pretty good job. And it's because I went to therapy. So to the moms and the dads and those who are struggling, it is critical it is critical to get the mental health services that you need because all that does is give you the ability to thrive in life. And that just greatly impacts. I'm like, we want to change generations. This is how we do it. We get help and we work on our mind and we find joy within ourselves. And that just trickles down the line. Well, and it's such an important thing you're talking about. Now you have all these tools in your tool belt. I think if people have not gone to therapy before, they don't understand how valuable, how much help you can get because right. we do better when we know better, right? Yep. But if we don't know better, if we don't have tools, like real life practical tools to implement in our lives when these different situations come up that make us angry or that are, are stressful and complicated and just difficult, 
there's no way we're ever going to be able to do better if we've never learned how. Right. Yeah. I have one of my kids. So all my kids, because I'm such a proponent of therapy. I love it. I'm like, hey, it's, you know, yeah, you're 15. It's time to start some therapy. Let's go. Just get used to talking. <laughs> and so one of my kids, she was having just debilitating anxiety attacks. And this is COVID. I mean, it was too long in the house. And so she finally was like, mom, I can't like something's wrong. I, she's like, I clenched my fist. I just am really struggling. And so we started therapy and I watched my child change to this thriving social. It, it's been magnificent to see her. And she will say it's completely because of therapy. She's like, there's days where, you know, I'm in a situation and I can feel the anxiety coming. She's like, I'll stop. I'll do my breathing. I'll remove myself from the situation. Maybe I'll choose like if they want her to give a speech at school or, you know, something like that. If she doesn't feel like it's good for her mental health, she will literally confront it with the teacher, change the way it's going to happen so that she can fit it into something that she feels that she can do and thrive in. And yeah. now I've got this very social outgoing kid and it's a direct result of this tool belt of tools that she learned. She likes to overthink things. She likes things really perfect. And now she can look at things and say, am I overanalyzing this? Or is this really something that I should? And she's like, I can navigate it. And she's like, it gives me the ability to give myself a little bit of grace and to let it go or to be able to decide, nope, this is something I need to be intense on and move forward. It's I just, I need it for everyone. That is why hope is working so much to try to make sure that it's accessible to all and to try to get the word out. If I can get to where we're doing a little less of our time fundraising, I really would like to be out in the schools and meeting with the counselors and saying, Hey, this program exists. If you have a parent that's in here with a kid who's having major anxiety, or you know, they're depressed, or they're really struggling within a family situation, let's not wait five years, or let's not wait until they're turning to substance abuse or something to try to mask it. Let's get them in therapy. Now there is help. They will pay for it, apply for a sponsorship and let's be preventative and not wait until we're in crisis. Yeah. I love that your daughter now understands it's not that she doesn't do those things. Instead, she goes and says, okay, let's change the situation. So it will work. And I yep. can accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. That is invaluable. That took me years in my life to learn. And oh my gosh, if I had known that at 15, 16, 17, yeah. changer. Yes. We've, we've had a couple really big donors that have come in and helped us. And one of the things that they said that I loved about it, when I make this presentation to them about hope, they said, wow, out of all the different foundations or things that have come to us, yours is preventative. Like you're the first person that's saying, Hey, you've got a kid. We have a four-year-old on sponsorship whose parents were divorced. And there's a lot of trauma within the relationships with her parents. But instead of waiting until that four-year-old's 20, that four-year-old's in now and yeah. working through those with a, someone who specializes in children, betrayal, traumas, things like that. She's going to somebody who specializes in what she struggles with. I'm like, that's empowering. Yeah. People don't go to therapy for two reasons. One is the stigma, and then the other is the cost. I know there's a lot of effort to address the stigma, but the cost, there, there aren't that many organizations like yours that I'm aware of 
I feel like yours is the only organization I've ever come across. And we're in this world, right? We come across yeah. this kind of stuff a lot. Mental illness awareness and talking about this. I mean, obviously I do all of the things with yeah. public speaking and teaching and podcasting and writing a book. And your organization is so exciting to us. We're so excited about it. I love that. I love to hear that. There. I've come across little ones that do kind of a little bit, like we give one a year to sponsorship or we gave away a couple hours. There's nothing like, uh, there's nothing like us. I, it was created by therapists and I truly say hope is special. It is directly serving the needs. And because it was created by these therapists who knew what the needs were, because they were seeing this downfall within their own community. When I first came onto the board and I remember talking to Dr. Godfrey, who is the most compassionate, kind man, they were over at that point, it was beginning in the year, they were over $30,000 in pro bono. And he said, the problem is, is not only are we losing clients who need services, we also are burning out our therapists. And that's the last thing we need. If we start having less and less availability to get in, those lines are going to get longer and longer and longer. And so if we're making sure that our therapists are compensated and we're getting people in there, then that's just going to continue to benefit. But who's going to want to be a therapist if you don't get paid and you have mass amounts of stress? Right. It's got to be sustainable for everybody involved. We need them to be available to help. So we also need to take care of them as well. Yep. And so that's why I'm like, hope special. We're just going out there and really trying person by person. There's that whole analogy of the starfish where the little boy's walking along the beach and there's thousands and thousands of starfish and he's picking up one at a time and throwing back in the ocean. And the other people on the beach say, why are you doing that? You can't save all these starfish. And he said, but I can save them one at a time. And I feel like that is what his hope is doing is the list longer than I can get to right now. Yes, but I do feel like somehow we just get enough funding in. We'll get a random check that shows up where we're able to get through all the sponsorships that are sitting on our desk every month. And I'm like, it is that one starfish at a time where we are picking up that cute little girl that has this family trauma and we're throwing her back into the ocean and getting her help or the mom who is getting divorced and has betrayal trauma and we're throwing her back into the ocean so that she can be a better mom. And it is one by one that we really are trying to make a difference for. I'm like, I love it so much. (laughs) I have no (laughs) time. It has taken over my life, but I've never been a part of anything that's so amazing. It really is. It's just raw and pure and good. Our overhead expenses, you've got people that are passionate that really want to help. I'm like, we are in a free space um, so that we don't have to pay office fees. I don't take a salary. Like there is a bunch of us that are just giving our time so that every single dollar that we get, we can funnel back in because I don't want to tell anyone no. How do you, how do you tell someone no who's saying, Hey, I have this whole situation or I've been diagnosed with bipolar and I'm not sure how to navigate it. How do I tell them? No, Yeah, I just, I can't do it. Well, that's why when I was researching a little bit on the organization and it said that you don't get salaries. We were 100% volunteer basis until January 1. On January 1st, we did hire, finally, we have two people that are in the office full-time. The amount of work that it takes to process the sponsorships, because they come in, there's a whole computer program that's been written. 
these sponsorships come in, they have to get, everything's confidential. So all of it gets coded. By the time it gets to my desk and the committee that reviews them, it's already been through multiple steps. And so there was a couple girls that were doing this full-time jobs and then they were processing applications in the night. And it became to where all of us were burning out pretty quick. And so now we have two people that are on full-time staff and that's our expenses. We just have two people that work full-time and everything else. We like, I won't pay for office space. We'll work out of my house before I pay for office space because there's too much need. I can't waste that money. Wow. Tell me how you would go about with the sponsorships. Like how do people apply and, and what's your screening process? So everything is done by a financial need. That's how we parameters that are set up, which are just guidelines that the state puts out of kind of where income levels are. If you go to hopefoundationgives.org, there is a button that says apply here. You'll go through and you'll fill out a lot of different information. Like, are you military, first responder, family, just those kind of questions. And then there's a section where you put in your financial information for us. Rather, you have a mental illness that's a chronic lifelong that you will always be struggling with, or maybe it's a situational one. We had a 83-year-old little man, I don't want to call him little man, an 83-year-old man who had just lost his wife, and he got on and just applied for three months of grief counseling because he's been married for over 50 years, and he's like, I don't even know, I don't know how to get up every day. I just need a little bit of help. So you have this whole range of mental health services. We do not determine it by that at all. The only way that we approve or deny is based on financial need. So if someone comes to us and applies and they have great income and they've got surplus money every month, and you can kind of just tell that this isn't, it's just they want help doing it, but that they can probably adjust to make sure to make themselves able to cover the cost versus the single mom who's negative every single month, those financial, that's where we determine a yes or a no. And we just have this chart of financial thing and you have to upload your W2 and we see how your financials fit into that thing. And if you fit within that parameter, that's when we approve or deny. The one thing that Hope does not do though, is any services that are prescription based. So we have to really stay out of that area right now because it gets tricky quick when there's prescriptions or things like that. So we don't pay for any psychiatrist or any prescription or like there's the ketamine treatments, things like that. We don't pay for any of those services. We really are just sticking right now to any type of talk therapy, EMDR, ones like that. And it just, it just keeps it a little bit easier for us so that we can stay within legalities and trying to just keep very focused on that one intent goal. Now, do you have a list of providers for recommendation? I know we get that question all the time. All the time. So we don't. That on our website, if you go to hopefoundationgives.org, there is a page that will help guide you on how to pick a therapist. Hope does not, we don't recommend, we don't pick your therapist. You do when you apply for a sponsorship, you need to have that therapist picked. We can send you, there's a couple different websites that have all of the therapists. Well, on our page, you can see it will guide you. Read what their specialties are. Look at their picture, read their bio, see who you connect with and then try. You can run a 10 minute phone interview. You can call and set up 
you know, just an over the phone talk, see how it feels. But Hope does not recommend or choose a therapist at all for you. You have to have that done prior to applying. And that, I mean, there's no way. If if we took every phone call for, can you help me pick a therapist? We'd spend all our time doing that. I don't think we'd ever even get to the sponsorships. And then if something goes wrong where I had one therapist, again, it was a gentleman where he just made inappropriate comments to me. Hope doesn't want to be liable for anything like that either. We really are just trying to provide financial assistance. So choosing that therapist really has to be an individual personal choice. And we do want to protect this hard earned donor money. And so the liability and all of that legal will be on the therapist. There's no recommendation from Hope, which helps keep us a little bit safe. Now, you've mentioned a couple of times donors and fundraising. Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. On your website, I did see some fundraising events that have happened in the past and ones that are planned going forward. But do you want to talk a little bit about what you've done to raise money? Yes. So this is kind of when I came into Hope, this is the part that I loved and was good. That's This is what I'm good at is the fundraising element. We very first year we did a charity dinner. We put it in my backyard again. I don't really like to pay for anything. So we used my own backyard um, and we threw a gala. And so it was 160 people that first year. We had some speakers, had dinner. It was amazing. My goal that year was 30,000. We made 76, wow. gave all of that money away. It was magical because when you, when you're coming from nothing and you know what the need is being able to bring in that money was amazing. And so then we did a golf tournament. So last year we had the gala and a golf tournament. And this year we just had our gala back in October. It was the end of October and the Huntsman's out of Utah came in and matched up to a hundred thousand dollars. So we were able to raise 250 that night and they gave us an additional hundred. So we had $350,000 from our gala last year, which was unbelievable. Like I still look back at it and think, man, it was the most amazing night where a lot of people came together, truly believing that this makes a difference. And then we got our golf tournament coming up. It'll be again in May. And then we also have an event in a couple weeks. It's called Ruck for Freedom. So it's in Queen Creek. It's a 5K. That one is really special to my heart. My son joined the military straight out of high school. And I am a doer. And so when my son went to basic training, I was like, well, hey, I want to go to basic training. Like if he's going to suffer, I want to suffer. And there really as a family, there's nothing you can do. You watch the sacrifice and the struggle. And as I went to just different training activities with him, or he went to airborne school, I went to airborne graduation and I was sitting with these families and, you know, a wife that's got kids crawling all over her and her husband hasn't been home in over three months. And I became very aware. They say freedom's not free and you all hear that, but I actually was witnessing it and watching everyone struggle to try to support their soldier and their service member. And so that's where this event was born. In the military, they carry a rucksack, so a weighted backpack. It's essentially their lifeline when deployed that has all of their equipment in it. And so I wanted to create an event where everyone could carry a backpack and feel 
So when you're walking and you have that 15 pounds on your back, there's it, there's a different feel to it. You know that you're carrying a little bit of the weight that they carry. And essentially, it's a way to outwardly show thank you to everyone who's given so much for all of us to be free. Last night, I went on a date with my husband. Gratitude, I think we all have things we know are easier for us. I live in gratitude. It's an easy feeling for me. I'm always like grateful for the sunrise. But I was out with my husband last night just thinking, again, this all comes down to freedom. We're not in this great time of war right now, but there are troops all over the world. I have a good friend who pregnant with her third baby. Her husband hasn't been home in over a month. We hope he's home when the baby gets here. But that hasn't changed just because we've pulled out of Afghanistan. Like there is still people all over the world that are sacrificing for us. And so that's what this Ruck for Freedom event is. It's a 5K. You can walk, you can run, you can skip, you can carry a backpack, you cannot carry a backpack. But what we really hope is that people will show up and show how grateful we are for our freedom. And that day leave with a little more appreciation. It's pretty easy to get complacent in our lives. You go to Starbucks, you eat lunch, you pick up your kids from school. All of that comes at a price. And the price is still being paid whether we realize it or not. And I just am like, oh, come on, everyone. Come out, walk with me. And let's say thank you in one huge group. There is a question if we go back. Are your services limited geographically? If somebody applied in some other state? Yes, and I hope not always. Right now, we are limited to Arizona based really on funding. If somebody from California came in and said, hey, Jen, it's a California donor. We're going to give you $500,000. We want you to earmark for California residents. We have the capability to do that. Our system is completely set up so that we can expand into other locations. The problem right now is these three fundraising events, that is where all of our money comes from. And that is all of my time. I spend every day fundraising, fundraising, fundraising. And so right now we can't open because I can't even meet the needs of what are on my desk. But if there was a donor that came in from somewhere else and wanted to earmark that money for their state, we could open it tomorrow. Okay. Oh, awesome. So if somebody is interested in donating large or small, how would they go about doing that? So you can go to hopefoundationgives.org. There's a donate. You can always contact me, which is jen at hopefoundationgives.org um, and send me an email and I can come talk to you. We have a really good corporate program where just I'll give you the quick version of it. Say a company comes in and donates $10,000. And percent of that goes to pay all the processing fees to run the applications to get all of that work done. We ask that 20% of that donation goes into our general fund. So for the community, and then 70% of that can be earmarked for your company employees. So say you get a big company that comes in and donates $10,000, 70% of that could go to serve their own people. So I can come speak and say, Hey, you know, so-and-so company cares about your mental health. If you or anyone in your family are struggling apply for sponsorship, write the company name up in the info bar. We have a space for it. And that money will be pulled from their donation. So it's earmarked for their own people. Mm -hmm. And that we hope if we can get this corporate program out there, our goal is to one, get all of our office fees covered without it ever touching the fundraising dollars. Two, 
that is a way for me to be able to broaden the amount of people that can get in therapy without it, again, pulling from these three events. Because there will never, I will never be able to earn enough money in three events to be able to pay for the amount of need that there is out there. But if we can help people get into therapy without it touching those direct fundraising dollars, I'm like, again, it's not, it will be amazing and life-changing for so many people. And these companies, if you show your employees that you care about their mental health, you care about their families, that just increases productivity at work and happier employees is a happier business. That's pretty phenomenal too, because I know a lot of people do want to donate and take care of their employees in that way with mental illness and mental wellness, both, but having to set that up on your own is is really not feasible. And most companies can never get around to it. Just time prohibitive. You can facilitate that where all of their needs are met. And in addition, they're also able to help grow your organization to provide it for their employees, 70% but then to more people as well. Right, right. And we do, one of the things that's great about Hope also is the donor money is really protected. We don't, if someone receives a sponsorship, we don't hand them $1,500 and say, go pay for your therapist. The applicant who applied says, hey, you've, you've been awarded therapy. This is the therapist that you wrote down. Then we send a letter to the therapist saying, hey, your client, da, 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 has been awarded a sponsorship please bill us after each therapy session. We do not pay for missed appointments. And so the money's really protected because it is billed by the therapist. We pay the therapist's office and it's not given in a lump sum and it's only it's only billed session by session. So really money is really safeguarded to make sure that it's going exactly where it's supposed to be. So you don't give it to a cute mom who can't pay her grocery bill that month And all of a sudden, it's not being paid for therapy that she needs. She's using it for groceries. It just protects it for everyone. It gives them the ability to still put themselves first. Because I know, I mean, growing up with a single mom, there was never enough money. Never. And so my mom, if she would have had an opportunity like this, man, that could have changed our lives. But that money, if someone would have handed my mom a check, it would have been gone. Because she would have used it to try to get food. And so it just, there's so many things about this because it was set up by therapists with a therapist's office where the way that it works, it's, I'm like, I just, it's so simple and it's so good. And it really has the ability to affect and change so many people's lives in the way that it was created. So a question about the corporate opportunity that you talked about. Awards be made or sponsorships or whatever you would call it in the corporate setting, would those be made based on financial need or the fact that you're an employee qualifies you? So that's really up to the employer. We can do it either way. They can choose to just have no financial requirements at all. And whoever is an employee of that company can be awarded a sponsorship. Or if maybe it's a giant company and they say, hey, we really still want to keep it within the parameters of your financial, we can do it that way too. Okay. So there's a lot of say there. Wow. Well, we want the best for you guys and your organization. We just absolutely love it. We're big advocates of counseling. Obviously. Yes. All of our family, our kids. (laughs) (laughs) And the (laughs) beneficiaries. 
It's life-changing. It really is. It is. And once you've gone through it and have had a really good therapist, I think we understand that a little bit more. And it's not forever. Like what you said, I've done some, a lot of serious work. We've done it together as a couple. Our kids have done it. But then you get to a point where it's kind of maintaining. When I need help, then I go in. But I don't go in every single week for the rest of my life. That's, That's not how a good therapist works. Right. Yeah. And hope is we do award up to a two year period. So you apply, you go through a three month sponsorship. You can reapply at two years. That's the point when the therapists have kind of given us the guideline that they should have enough tools that they then can go into an as needed basis. So we really keep the program to that maximum. And then after that, we send you know, like there's no reapplying anymore. Like we love you. We hope that your mental health journey continues in a great and positive way. Thank you for being a part of hope. We wish you well in your journey so that we can continue to get more and more people in. We do have to cap it at that point. Yeah. Well, to, I guess maybe my last question would be if one of somebody listening to the podcast is kind of on the fence about counseling. Therapy for me, it saved my life. And for me, mine was not, I'm not suicidal. Like it, it wasn't that type. Mental health looks different to everyone. So saving your life can be in so many different contexts. It can be someone who literally has to choose to live every day or me who has to choose to thrive and be healthy and find joy and not screen at everyone who's in my path. The, the ability that therapy gives you to work through those things, to recognize behaviors, it's not that any of that for me is gone. I still have a destructive side to me. I, those are all still in there. I was They were a part of my life for so long that I still have to manage them. But therapy truly does give you the ability to work through those things, to recognize them, to choose your life to choose how you're going to work. And therapy isn't easy. easy. And that's the one thing. If you go into therapy thinking that you're going to go and the therapist is going to solve all your problems, that is not the truth. My therapist that honestly, I could say all day how amazing she is. I always say, you saved my life. And she says, Jen, I didn't save your life. You saved your own life. And it really is true. You've got to go in willing to do the work. When they give you tools, you have to work at it to start implementing them in your life. I would go to therapy and I would usually have about two days. Was It always kind of seemed to be about two days. I would be really quiet. And it was because I was processing all of the things that I had talked about, what I had learned, and then I would start implementing it. But you have to work to try to make sure that the things that you're being taught are part of it. If you go in and everything the therapist says, you have a reason why that's not going to work, you're not going to leave any healthier or happier than you went in. You have to be willing to accept the things that you struggle to be okay with working through it. And it is, it's hard and it gets mucky and you are in the trenches, but eventually you start to climb out of it. And everybody deserves that. Everyone deserves that chance from the youngest to the oldest little man that lost his wife. Everyone deserves that chance. And that is what hope is determined to do is to break down that financial need. Like, If you can't afford it, that's okay. That's exactly what we're here for. Pick a therapist, do the work to get in there. We'll pay for it and go get your life back. Yeah. 
Well, I cannot wait. We are uh, definitely going to sign up for this next. Yay! Uh, with the ruck, <laughs> what do you walk with me. It's February 11th in Queen Creek at the ALA off of Hawes and Chandler Heights. ALA has been so amazing. So American Leadership Academy and gracious. They gave me all of their facilities, everything at no cost. So again, we are always looking for any opportunity we can to take any fundraising. I mean, if people have fundraising and looking someone to or somewhere to donate the money to, it is going directly back into the community. We are changing lives. And every person that comes in and says, hey, we'll help you. Hey, you can use our facilities for free. I'm so grateful because it just takes that fundraising and it just throws it right back into the community where it needs to be. Well, that is exciting. Everybody look on the website. If you need a sponsorship, go apply. If you want to donate, go donate and figure out how to do this. I mean, this is just yeah. Love this work. Love your organization. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for helping us get the word out that we exist. I mean, we've been around a year that we've been out there, but I'm like, we want everyone to know we're here and we want to help. So thanks for helping us spread that word and that message. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today. We love that you come back again and again. We love when you send questions and interact, and we love to connect you with incredible organizations like Hope Gives. So if you have topics that you would like to see covered, you can submit them on Instagram at Thriving With Mental Illness. If you like this podcast, rate it and share it with a friend. Remember, there are no topics that are off limits and no questions that aren't okay to ask. We will see you next time. See you next time.